As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three models who went back in time to stop Zoolander 2 from being made. It's Sifpa. You can't can't really hear our model faces that we're <laughs> we making them. We were all doing blue steel at we're that all, point. I'm doing yourself, Magnum. I was doing Le Tigre. <laughs> I'm on Magnum over here. Nice. Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Danae, streaming live on Mixler every Friday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <gasps> every week we will be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else is on our pop culture minds. Today's guru is Andrew Woo! from Flick Free. Ahoy! In the studio with us. I'm so glad you guys had me back even after the great good dinosaur war of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> the last I time you were like, here? That yeah. was the last time yeah. I was here. Oh. We've, we've had a lot of, we, we haven't had anybody twice since then. It's been a lot of, you know, guest, new guest, gurus. Guest. We're doing, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. You've had some amazing guests. Oh, thank you. I appreciate Aww. that. We're, Especially we're, last week, uh, the gentleman from England Sam? was amazing. Yeah, Wasn't Sam's a lot fun? of fun. Yeah. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. we've been really enjoying kind of reaching out. By the way, if you know somebody who loves pop culture, is really smart about pop culture, somebody you follow on Twitter or whatever, and you want us to get them on as a guru, let us know. We'll we'll make contact. We with will them make and, threats. <laughs> that's right. And um, bring them over to the dark that's side. That's Danae's responsibility. She carries the baseball bat around. Kneecaps right. have been busted mm-hmm. uh, to make sure we have the proper gurus. Terrifying. That's my job. So I just want I just say that because I want you to know it's not because you disagreed so vehemently with with me about the <laughs> central theme of. Uh, the good dinosaur. After you left, he just raged and threw everything. I was thinking this morning because Danae the... was on my side, and you have her back. That's yes. right. That's right. Absolutely. I fully admit that I was in the minority on that. Not in the wrong, but in the minority. So, <laughs> oh god, it's no, happening it again. <laughs> I was quick, thinking this morning. Quick, no, I was thinking this morning. I like. I don't. I like. We we don't want to rehash that. Like nobody wants to hear that. None of us want to do that. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear it. But if you want to go back and listen to the the good dinosaur conversation that got as heated as anything has ever gotten on this podcast you can certainly do that uh, i was thinking this morning like if we ever do revisit it we have to like prepare our cases have like an official judge a lincoln douglas attorney, debate like a lincoln douglas yes. kind of thing <laughs> okay clearly you guys are excited about that i'm like i'm out today's like i'm that's, out that's fine in the past guys i don't even know why we're talking about it right now <laughs> i did lincoln douglas in high school and uh oh yeah that was pretty good was yeah pretty good. so he Debating's should be afraid fun. Oh, yes. I should be very afraid, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, everybody who's listening live. Thank you for doing that. And if you're listening later uh, in the podcast, we appreciate that as well. We're excited for uh, another great episode of Sif Pop today. We're going to talk... What number uh, are we on? 
I don't know. I didn't look that up. Uh, mm. I, somewhere in the 30s, I think. 34. Yeah, number 34, nice. Sif Pop. And nice. uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Zoolander 2 and uh, 11 2263. Is that what it is? 11 2263. Uh, from Hulu. What They're... was it? Hamana Hamana? 11 No, it was 11. You said 1122 something something. Or thingy thingy. Thingy thingy. Thingy thingy. thingy. Yeah. <laughs> Today, t- are we reviewing one one two two thingy thingy? Yes, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> that's what I said. No, we reviewed Deadpool last week. Thingy thingy. Whoa. Uh, so, so yeah. So we're gonna be taking a look at those, and of course, we'll have uh, some do we care at the beginning, as well as some uh, buried treasure at the end that we can throw at you. Nice little as well. sandwich. Yeah. Do we care about this? But we do care about this. Yeah. yeah. It really is good to have you back, Andrew. We love oh. having you in. You're the only guru. Who's local? So you're the only guru who's in the room with us, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, you can see things happening inside this show that nobody mm-hmm. else gets to see. That's I right. get to look at your Casey's coffee and your Fiji water. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's big time, man. I was about to say Fiji water. That's a that's a that's fancy. That's some that goes along with the thematics yeah. today. That's Zoolander two type water right there. This is my exactly. natural artisan water. Artisan water. Yeah, guys, this is bottled right. In a remote island from the northeast continent, tropical rain slowly filters through the volcanic rock mm-hmm. into a substantial, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sustainable ancient artisan aquifer. Wow. Drop by drop, Fiji water acquires the natural minerals and electrolytes that give it signature soft, smooth taste, perfected by nature. Mm-hmm. There is nothing on earth. You know Quite what? like it. It's that, filled from a tap. Sounds f- you know it's filled from a tap, <laughs> right? That sounds funny. No, 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 no. I want to say this. I know a guy. We did this test. He can tell the difference between bottles of water and tap water. Like mm-hmm. yeah. even the different sure. bottles oh, yeah. of water. Sure, sure. Like we poured like wow. in just like little like plastic cups and he's like Fiji, Aquafina. Wow. And just went through and he's like, Oh god, tap. And I'm like <laughs> he's like, uh, maybe a Brita filter. And we're like, Yeah, that was a Brita. How did you do that? You're a wizard. I think this one's vodka. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> he should do a Berkey water one. Berkey, I have not heard that. Oh, I man. believe this one is uh, from the puddle on Fifth Street, gross, right around the corner of. Gross. <laughs> that's well, like that's like wine testing, like wine yeah. tasting. You know, when people can tell those just like very, where it comes very from. Strong palette. And, yeah, that's amazing. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with some. Do we care? Danae's going to read some pop culture headlines, and Andrew and I are going to say whether or not we care to discuss further. Well, yeah. a quick update. Uh, not really a do we care because I'm sure we do. Is that Harper Lee has passed away at yeah, the I saw age that this of morning. 89. Yeah, very sad. That's what I woke up to. Now you had thought, Andrew. You had thought I was a huge To Kill a Mockingbird fan. I, that I must have been something somebody else because I, I really don't know a lot about it. I know it's you know well respected you know work. Is it something that that you're a fan of? Okay, that's what I was going to say. I'm really not a fan. I re- I totally get why. It's so you know historically relevant mm-hmm. and iconic. Um, read it in high school, as I'm sure a lot of people did. The movie was pretty good, but um, I think this was Harper Lee's like debut novel. I think this is what, and I don't think she wrote anything else besides this. I could be totally wrong, but I think I remember reading that this morning. Wasn't there something that came out recently? Yeah, she recently uh, decided to release another. But it was like just last but year, wasn't there maybe. A hubbub about that, like, yeah. did she really decide, or did people kind in her of, family in her family force her to do it to mm-hmm. make money? Or well, she wrote the book back in 1960. I don't right. think there's anything now that could have pushed her. You know, like what now? Like all this time, is it wasn't like an anniversary to come up with a new book or anything right. like that. So I don't. I'm just. I was confused as to if there would be anything. Why? Yeah, I think, uh, again, that was kind of the hubbub was, was it a cash grab from the family, that yeah. kind of stuff that they did it because she was getting so old that she really didn't have, you know, the ability to make those choices herself. And Well, 
um, on L Culture Celebrity News. They have like this whole article with like famous quotes from oh, different books El, that El, she did. I thought you said elk culture. Like, <laughs> elk, elk culture. You know, uh, no. that's where I get my pop culture <laughs> news is like, elk culture. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> uh, the top one says from To Kill a Mockingbird and then from Ghosts at a Watchman. So that's probably okay. another book. But uh, from herself, she's quoted as saying, it's better to be silent than to be a fool. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of fun. Really, if if you like Lee Harper and you want to kind of see another article I love on uh, elk culture is uh, about the movie uh, Moose Lander. I thought yes. that was a, that was a good Moose article Lander. when they went over Moose Lander. All right, on to do we Ew. care? Lady Gaga <laughs> did some push-ups in the thong before she walked on the runway. <laughs> no, I, I didn't no, actually. I, don't. I didn't don't actually care. mean. I didn't actually mean I really don't. to read the title of that one. There's two articles I picked. I was too late once I got going. She appeared on the runway. Uh, which I thought was kind of fun for Zoolander. She jumped in on the runway, uh-huh. so she, here she is walking down in like this couture outfit, and no one really knew she was going to be there. So, do we care about is that? Is that what a thong is? A couture outfit? I, again, I read the wrong article <laughs> title. I didn't realize it was on her Instagram. Apparently, she was pumping herself up, uh-huh. getting okay. excited about it. Good, Sorry. good deal. Yeah, don't care. Moving on. Don't moving care. on. Uh, Rare Spider-Man comic sells at auction for $454,100. Wow. It's still not up there with the, um, what was the, uh, Superman? It was the original Superman. It was Superman 1? Superman 1. It was, mm-hmm. a dete- it wasn't Detective Con- or what was the name of that, that Nick Cage bought that put him in, in Yeah, the it was Detective. 1.5 million? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 1.5, like yeah. So, do we care about that? I no, I, it's fa- fascinating. It yeah. is fascinating. I, I care in the sense of we just had this discussion on the show the other day. It was day. amazing fantasy. Is that what that is right there? Yeah, nineteen sixty-two yeah. edition number fifteen. Yeah, we had this discussion on our radio show on our morning show the other day about what gives something value because they found a, a diamond in Angola that was you know the biggest diamond they've ever found in Angola and it was worth you know however billion dollars or whatever. And it's like <laughs> really when you think about it, it's just a pretty rock, you know. But well, it has it has value because people place a, value on it's it. It's a pretty rock that can cut metal. Yeah, so. <laughs> but there are plenty of other things that can cut metal that you don't pay a billion dollars for. Lasers can cut metal. You Lasers. don't have to pay a, you know, a billion, billion. You know, there you can cut uh, metal with a, a saw now. I mean, it's not like you need diamonds to cut metal. Okay, here's a here's a question for you. Would you rather have that Angola diamond or a lightsaber? Oh. Like a real working lightsaber? A real working lightsaber. A real working lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Good question, good do you, question. Do you think that... It would cost more than the Angola diamond to make a working lightsaber. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely think it would. Okay, I'm right there with you. I would rather have the lightsaber, not yeah. from just a nerd perspective, uh-huh. but I think a value point. It would cost more for a lightsaber mm-hmm. than. Any. I feel like I would have more chances of losing limbs <laughs> or accidentally hurting somebody. Oh yeah, I would go with diamond just for se- everyone's safety. For safety purposes, yeah, for safety purposes, yeah, that's Good totally deal. worth it. Good um, deal. Of note, the comic book was graded on a nine point four out of ten for mint condition. Oh wow, for a comic book that old, that's probably why it's so valuable. Yeah, it's been interesting for me to see how sports cards have, like, most of them have gone down in value, like, a lot since I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, that was the thing that was supposed to always be. You know what? Increasing in value, like baseball, baseball cards, cards, basketball cards, but I'm, comic books. I know normally for comic books, when they're that old, if you want them in that prime of condition, you have to keep them in an oxygen-free environment. Mm-hmm. So, there was probably a lot. 
Like a, the like room a, they built to keep that that <laughs> comic in that pristine of condition That'd had be to have been. interesting to find out. Like the history of the comic, like where it had been before it was sold. I would love to read stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, Adele's Grammy performance. Do we care about that? Okay, I need to know because you've been talking about this for a couple days. I didn't watch the Grammys. I only watched have watched one Grammy ever. Was it like the greatest thing of all time? What was it? She. Oh no, no, it was bad. It was. Oh, it was she bad. was way off. on the wrong note. And she never found her way back. And Ooh. it was apparently really uncomfortable. I see. I only care in the fact that I wish we didn't care so much. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I only care because it's it's one of those things. It's like look, this that stuff happens. You know. I really like. I got drunk at karaoke and I totally destroyed one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> we care about that. Same thing. We That's care exactly the same thing. In okay. Okay. Well, then we'll move on. But there's that. Um, she did. She did have some interviews afterwards, and she had like a really like kind of like on Twitter. She's like, "It happens," you know. Props moving for her on for not auto tuning during a Grammy. There you, know? you go. Yeah. Or not lip syncing. Or, or lip syncing exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the last one is. That's what I meant. Lip syncing. Harry Panic in Australia. Do we care? Harry Panic. You gotta is give like me more. Harry the person or Harry like hair on the head? Yeah, I, we I, care. I'm with. We care. I need so, more details before I know for sure if I care. It's a yeah. fast growing tumbleweed called Harry Panic and it's blowing through the city. <laughs> Do we care? Out of, all the de- out of all the deadly. First of all, listen, how is this pop listen, culture? It isn't. Okay. It isn't at all. It's not like gravity waves were discovered this week or anything, <laughs> you know? It's <laughs> true. It's true. Why did I talk about that? Yeah, yeah if you're going to go outside of pop culture. Yeah. The answer's no. We don't care. It's not pop culture. Okay. Well, that's Out of all bad. the deadly, horrifying things that happen in Australia, tumbleweeds are like <laughs> right. at the very bottom right. of that list. Well, Although knowing Australia, that tumbleweed probably does have very sharp teeth I recommend, that is poisonous. <laughs> I recommend, poisonous tumbleweed. <laughs> I recommend Googling Harry Panic just to see the pictures of what is happening. There. I just think they're, they're six foot tall tumbleweeds. So I just think that's a great name for you know your next child. Harry Panic. I was going to say, it's awesome. who's next child? I was going to say a death Anybody's. metal band, Harry, right? Harry, Harry Panic, and the uh, and the yes. Perpetual Wizards. I was going <laughs> the Perpetual Wizards. I was going to say in the Razor Burns, Harry, Harry Panic, Panic and, and the, the Razor, Razor Burns. Burns. Oh, oh, that just <laughs> oh, that's to, good. See, Aaron, <laughs> there was a line good. you may have stepped over. <laughs> good deal. I well, broke. I you. broke. Do we care? Because I went outside of pop culture. I apologize. Listen, hey, listen. When you when sorry. When Danae works, Danae works in Danae's ways. That's right. Danae works in mysterious ways, I think, the Bible says somewhere. Gravity waves, Pope v. Trump, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Harry Panic. We didn't talk about Pope v. Trump. Yeah, you didn't bring that up. I should have. That'd be closer to pop culture. I really do care about that. I really do care about that. Okay. Why do you care so much? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, The Pope said during around the Central American border, we should be building bridges, not walls. Trump came out and said, "That's ironic, coming from the hypocrite who lives hypocrite who lives in a city surrounded by a giant wall." I'm thinking, which is a really this is interesting on Twitter. thing to say. This is on he, he's a big old, he's a big old dumb dumb thing to say about a, the Pope. The Pope didn't build that wall, and B, that wall has like a thousand entrance, entrances and that are never blocked off. And C, and I think most importantly, the Pope is very rarely in those walls. If this Pope, yeah. if any of the Popes, right. has been so out in the community that the people are scared. There's for no him. better Pope to go up against Trump though, because he <laughs> yeah. like came back at him. Oh yeah, neither of these guys. For better or worse, are afraid to speak their mind, <laughs> <laughs> which but, uh, makes for great conversation to read back and forth on Twitter. He's a big old dum dum. Did the Pope come back at him after he said that? I think he did. Or did he just I say the he... one thing? I just after Trump, I'm like, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm just gonna 
laugh at it. I don't want to get too invested in it because I'll just start getting mad. It's I, I stopped at the point where it was funny. If I kept going, I would have started to have gotten mad. So yeah, I'm gonna check out here. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone to the limit of my maintaining my sanity range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I Got don't know it. what at what point in the conversation it was mentioned, but the Pope said he's not a Christian. No, that was at the very well, beginning. The quote, oh, see, okay, the, okay. the only quote I've seen from the Pope. See, I, I don't know if there's been a back and forth. The only quote I've seen from the Pope is a person who is more interested in building a wall than building a bridge is not a Christian. Oh, yeah. that's what he said. That's got the it, got quote. It, got it. Okay. Which, by the way, is kind of the heartbeat of what we do here at Studio DNA, you know, to build bridges instead of walls, to bring people together instead of tear them apart. Pope stole your line. I know, right? Pope. So, Pope listens. He one-upped us. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, I yeah, I think it was just Trump firing back after. Got that. it, got it. Well, I don't we even all, know. I wish there was. I don't more. even know that the Pope <laughs> called out Donald Trump by name. No, he didn't. I no, think Trump Twitter did that. In. I think Twitter put them like oh. back to back, like took the Pope's quote and then put Donald Trump. You know, made it about Donald Trump. I don't think that was ever you know the Pope's. I don't know about his intent, but it certainly wasn't something he said. He uh, the Pope was originally talking about how he feared for. Uh, deportation of immigrants in America. That's what he was originally talking about, and that led to him saying people should be more focused on building bridges, not walls, and then that's when Trump jumped in. Ah, there so, you go. And then I checked out. <laughs> well, before we check out any further, uh, let's go ahead and get to our movie for today, which is a movie that came out last week. Since we talked about Deadpool last week, we'll talk about Zoolander 2 this week. He was once the world's most famous male model. Even his looks were household names. La Tigra, Magnum, and of course, Blue Steel. But that was a long, long, long time ago. Old LeMay? We were a joke out there. I guess fashion's changed. Meet the biggest supermodel in the whole world is all. All is all. Derek Zulander, I'm with Interpol. I need your help. She's hot. I trust her. We're back! Yeah! Are you sure Zulander is the right man to help us? Hey, handsome! Ah! What the hell is your problem? God help us all. You were a mile thing. I'm sorry, I can't understand a word that you're saying. <laughs> Possibly my favorite character in the movie. I'll just spoil that for you uh, there at the end. Not right mine. By. Who? Uh, the uh, It was, um, what's her name from SNL uh, that played it and oh, spoke strangely. And, yeah. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> that is Zoolander 2. And is it, the main question, is it old and LeMay or is it any good? What did you guys think overall? Andrew? You know what? This movie had no business being made, <laughs> but I liked it. Did you? <laughs> I liked it. So you're in the like it. You're not in the loved it category, but you're no, in the liked no, no. it category. No, no. Be okay. I think it was for the. And I know I'm supposed to just say I liked it. I think no, it's no, for the good, simple fact that I went into this movie with such low expectations that it exceeded what I thought it was going to do. And I'm like, you know what? I actually really like that. That's kind of fun. When you go to a movie not expecting anything and it gives you a little something, you know, and you can kind of come out with a smile on your face. Yeah. Uh, Danae liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it. It was okay. It was a movie that I think I liked. Okay. It was a mousing. It, sounds, it was a mousing. I, it sounds like <laughs> you should go with it was okay, but you're going to go with it. You liked it. 
I think I want to say I liked it. So you will come away. Somebody say, hey, what do you think of Zoolander 2? You're like, oh, I liked it. I will say it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I liked it. Somewhere in that range. I I have. I'll, I'll explain more about that here in a second. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I didn't like it. I I for the most part. Yes, it's us versus him again. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't understand why you didn't like it. Yeah, there no. Are, I I, and I totally think we're get be really close. I think we're just gonna kind of like tiptoe on one side or the other of you know kind of that mediocre realm. Uh, but overall, I just came away from it going. I, I, my life would have been just fine had that movie never existed. In I totally that, that agree. I agree you with. Know? Yeah. So well, that that's, I agree with. that's true for every movie for you, Danae. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> so, yeah, that, is, that may be true. <laughs> so let's get into some of the details. What are some of the things we we did like about it, Danae? Why don't Why don't you start? What well, did you enjoy? I watched the first Zoolander before watching this one because I'd never seen it before. Oh. And I, I was really concerned. <laughs> so what did you think of the first movie? It was movie? stupid. It was she hated horrible. It. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like the biggest waste of time. And I was like, I felt like I was ill the whole time watching it. <laughs> but I was told, I think Aaron, you told me this mm-hmm. afterwards, that if I would have watched it in context 15 years ago, yeah. maybe I would have liked it more. But now that I'm seeing it in, in, this, in a modern context, in a modern context mm-hmm. it yeah. was just, it made it made no impact on my life except for frustrating me. Well, because the, what I meant by that was the satire of the original Zoolander was really, in many ways, poignant when it came out. Uh, but now, because of the way the, the world has, we know we're all doing selfies, we have selfie sticks, like the world has become a little bit of what the satire of that original yeah. movie was. Right, and so that's the part of it, right? It's like yeah. he's making duck face, but duck face didn't, didn't exist, exist then. then. It yeah. did not exist So then. that was an interesting thing yeah. to think about, but I really wasn't, thinking about it in that context. So after that, I went to go see this movie. And I think the reason that I'm saying I liked it is because I'm comparing it to the first one. And I definitely liked it a lot more than the first one. Do you think like you had to, like the first one kind of set the stage for you in a way that allowed you to kind I of I don't give know into it a that I would have liked it at all okay. if I wouldn't have seen the first one because yeah. I had no point of con, like no point of reference or right. whatever. Like this is a stupid movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, you know, potentially a great waste of time. For anyone, but I did like it more. I felt like it, uh, the from beginning to end was made better. The stories were developed better, and they kind of like walked you through the plot better. Where the first one, I don't know if it was just because that's how movies were made. It just didn't seem to make much sense from beginning to to end. Mm. And I've really enjoyed reading some of the uh, articles that have come out afterwards about you know the fashion industry, what the fashion people think of this movie, how it's like in how it has uh, affected. And represents fashion in an interesting way where the first one really didn't kind of go into that too much because male models weren't that big of a of a deal. Yeah. So there it's an interesting conver- conversation to sort of be reading about um, on how this movie has. I, don't I think know. because of that, in some ways, the second one doesn't feel as sharp as the first one. Like it doesn't because it's it's kind of made buddy buddy with the fashion industry. The satire isn't as sharp because it doesn't want to injure the people that it's buddy-buddy with. Now, like, you know, all the fashion cameos that are in Zoolander 2, you know, these fashion designers or whatever. It just feels a little like the fangs were taken out of it just a little bit. Yeah, it's a movie kind of made for the fans. I think I've decided it was okay. Yeah, what what about you, Andrew? What did you like? It's okay, it's okay. The thing I really liked about the first one, and I think they turned it up to 11 in this one, are the celebrity cameos. Yes. Just how funny they were. Yes. You said that your favorite character Kristen in the movie Wiig. was Kristen Wiig. Yeah, yeah. She was Mine great. was Kiefer Sutherland. Every single time that guy was on <laughs> oh screen, I was cr- almost crying. I was laughing so hard. He <laughs> killed that movie. I think 
for him alone, I think that's the reason why I like the movie was Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, so the reason I say Kristen Wiig, and by the way, I totally agree with you. One of my favorite parts of this movie were the cameos. Um, The reason I say her is because, A, I didn't even know it was her until the credits rolled. I had no clue. I had no clue that was her. I don't think it looked like her. And because of what she was doing with her voice, I was like, who is that? And in my brain, I was kind of like, it kind of looks like Kristen Wiig under there. But And again, I go into movies knowing nothing. Like I I try to stay as pure going into a movie as possible. So I have no idea who are in movies, you know, what they're going to be about. That kind of thing. So I think I you like, kind of had an idea what this one was going to be. <laughs> well, yes, when it's a sequel like this, yes, you kind of know. Uh, but yeah, I loved Kristen Wiig. Um, I also thought the guy that's just a new guy on, on SNL, Kyle Mooney, uh, who played like the fashion designer that was like uh, hip and cool and new. And, oh, okay. Um, oh, the hipster designer. Was so great. I loved him. And he's he's one of the new cast members on SNL the last couple of years and I didn't really expect much from him when I saw you know him come on screen and then I just thought he nailed that role I thought it was really really fun so I enjoyed that one as well and of course Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Fred Armisen has a weird cameo is like a like a child man yeah. which didn't quite work for me but no, it was no. interesting Okay so I was going to say one of my other things is stupid funny is still funny but there are some times where this movie crossed over from stupid funny to just stupid yeah. And that was one of them. Mm-hmm. One of my final pros was that Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller look the exact same <laughs> age said. they did 15 years that ago. That is exactly what wonders. I said. I was like, these guys haven't aged at all. And if we're talking about like the things that we you know, really liked, I liked the music in the movie. Like okay. that kind of kept going. Yeah. That kept it going. And uh, the celebrity appearances were kind of fun from, you know, from time to time. And um, I think I, I think that was... The other thing I, I had on the pro side, I love this character. I think Ben Stiller as Derek Zoolander is a really funny character. Probably his most iconic role. Yeah, I, I just there's something about that uh, that the certainty of his cluelessness, like that he can be so clueless his in his so confidence in his cluelessness that is so perfect for that character. And plus, he has you know the voice down, the the attitude down. I just I I really like. I saw him, speaking of SNL, he was on SNL Weekend Update the, the week Zoolander came out. Oh, last him weekend. and Owen Wilson. Him, were, him yeah. and Owen Wilson were. Yeah. And I loved it. I was like, I will watch him do this character in any context. I just think it's really, really funny. Yeah. Because the misunderstandings are so perfect. I think it's all because we all know that person. Obviously, that's a heightened you know, persona, but we all know somebody like Zoolander. Right. Yeah, yeah. Somebody Especially who's... now in the selfie mm-hmm. era. I'm well, not just talking the, like duck face or anything like that. I'm talking the persona, the confidence in your ignorance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did it that guy once. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that turn out? Yeah. He just no. turned 35 last night. I, just, I was just giving you the I was giving you the opportunity <laughs> not to say I'm married to him. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. That's not my husband. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> just wanted to give you the opportunity. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> give me the opportunity to clear that up. Aaron was trying to give you a way out, but you just took that shovel and kept digging. That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, what about the negative stuff? In uh, what didn't you like about Zoolander Two? There's there's this one scene kind of like where they're going into like a jail situation. It's like a fashion jail type mm-hmm. scene, and I thought they could have done so much more with that. They only really give a few references, or even like a couple of references. And I thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, here he oh, is walking through. The jail escape? The, no, I think she's talking about like the people that were in the cells before. Oh, I see. Yeah, see, see, see. Was, the fashion police. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they had been imprisoned for whatever. But like, 
I was really, really disappointed because I was like, oh, this is going to be really hilarious. We're going to take a trip through all of these horrible fashion ideas. And they just kind of stopped short. I was I was disappointed that I wanted to go further. I didn't like that at all. I mean, I didn't. I mean, this movie is ridiculous. Again, um, (laughs) there's so many things I didn't like about it. Another thing I really do not like about this movie. I didn't like it about the first one. I don't like about this one either is they really make light of some very serious subjects. Interesting. Tell me like like in the first one, um, they made light of uh illiteracy the i think child labor is what... child labor but like bulimia like she was put like the wife yeah was like pouring out her heart about like how mm-hmm. she had gone through this horrible thing and they like really really made light of it and they kind of go back into this movie and there's just some topics that's just like ah you know people <laughs> like that's really insensitive yeah. but i guess that's just kind of what these movies do but it was a little i don't know no, it I just get pushed that. it a little bit too far I for think, me. Honestly, I think that is, with comedy, going to be one of the most interesting things about how comedy continues to develop. Because comedy for so long has been about, in many ways, not in every way, but in many ways about pushing boundaries, about bringing things up, make, making light of things that are serious. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because our culture has shifted to a very much shaming culture. Like you shame people for making light of those kind of things or you shame people, you know. And so it'll be interesting to see how that juxtaposition, how that balance comes with comedy and do comedians, you know, does it come to a point where most of us are so, I'm going to use the phrase high-minded, even though there's kind of a negative connotation with that, that it's just not funny anymore? Or will comedy still be able to push those lines and get a laugh from things that we didn't think we were allowed to laugh at? I think that comedians, this is their way of bringing serious subjects to the forefront we may not like how they do it but it gets us talking about those subjects and then well, you think afterwards of- you can have a serious see like right now we yeah. were talking about how they were making fun of child labor in the first one now people are talking about child labor yeah just because of that movie it's possibly their way of bringing those issues to the forefront to the forefront without I mean, it's not like they can switch up the tone of Zoolander too, mm-hmm. and you know, they, like they make light, or, or I didn't really elaborate in my notes, and so I can't remember exactly. But sure. miscarriages were brought up, and okay. and I don't remember if it if it was like done lightly or whatever. But it just in the second one, yeah, in the second one, I I thought that part was pretty funny, and I don't remember, I don't remember what what well, was with Owen Wilson's, uh, but I don't remember wife, if there was yeah, something. No, it was Kiefer Sutherland. I, yeah. I remember that scene. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I don't, I don't recall if there was a specific joke that was made in that moment. There was, but but there's there again is another kind of conversation to be had about some people are just like, oh, that's just not funny, you know? Yeah. So, and I think we all have but, to deal with. But we're talking about it afterwards, and that's actually a really good point. But it was for the simple fact that a man said he had yeah. a miscarriage. Yeah. So. But but that that was interesting. Yeah. But that, as we, that wasn't offensive. But. but there's there's so many you can't ask comedians to tiptoe around everything because you know they also made light of affairs. You know it was kind of this you know idea that you know this one group was having an affair or this other group so they made two a little orgies. light of that yeah two, yeah two. uh and you think of so how many funny. you think of how many comedians use race or sexism or you know those kind of things to you know get laughs but also draw attention to real things i just think it's really interesting it's going to be I, really interesting i did like and i know we are we're kind of but i did like that they did bring that forward in this movie like the characters that existed in Zoolander 1 15 years ago are still doing the same things that they were doing so Owen Wilson's character mm-hmm. was into, you know, orgies and all this stuff. They bring that back in and they do keep it light enough and silly enough that it's not like, 
you're really having to contemplate it too much. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very visual. It sometimes is a little awkward. And there's a snake. Anyway. <laughs> so I've, I've written down three cons for this movie. Oh, do tell. Will Ferrell, not funny at all. Okay. I, I really thought Mugachu was hilarious in the first one. I thought that he was trying to be more flamboyant in this one. And it just, I was like, that's not the same character. Yeah, you look the same, but your persona is totally different. Number two, Penelope Cruz has zero facial expressions. <laughs> Botox. I just like, I didn't, she could have been okay. cut out of the entire movie. Feral Cruz. And there was nothing new and fresh in this one. They, I think they relied solely on uh, rehashing of old jokes. That's mine. That is exactly mine. That That is my major con in this movie is it is it is completely rehashed. And when you rehash something that is 15 years old, it feels stale. Like it feels even more stale. So, yeah. like, you know, a lot of uh, the concepts and the ideas, they just, they they felt, you know, completely out of their time. Which is crazy because both Ben Stiller and Justin Thoreau, the guy who wrote this, uh, they're brilliant. When they get together and they write stuff, you get stuff like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And the fact that they can do stuff like that, that's, you know, unique and fresh, but they can't bring that same magic to a sequel that apparently these guys love so much that even after 15 years, that they can't bring it upon themselves to think of new jokes yeah i mean I there's a couple kind of sounds lazy but it's it, but it is it is more missed than hit for me and most of the jokes fall flat and having watched this movie right after watching the first one yeah you're exactly right on i mean <laughs> it pretty good. much is just like that oh that's actually exactly what i expected because i just watched it i also wonder if it suffers a little bit if it's emphasized a little bit by the deadpool effect which is here's this movie that feels so fresh and different with its humor like you know self-referential and crazy and weird and it comes out the same weekend as this movie that just feels like that's know, just was... unfortunate timing yeah well i'm just is. saying like yeah mm-hmm. there's there's this idea that you know uh you compare these two things next to you together and the one even looks more you know old and stale and i just wonder if that's part of it too but well in the first zoolander you know you've got these two guys that are on the edge of fashion they're on the edge of all this stuff and then in this one they're 15 years behind and they're jumping back into the fashion world and so they're trying to catch up and there was parts of it that I actually kind of enjoyed, like meeting Kristen's character, which yeah. was my favorite too. And even the, I can't find him. What was the guy's name that was like the young hipster creator? Kyle Mooney was the act- actor's name. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm sure you're sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Don Atari. Yes. That's what it was. Don Atari. I really, I really enjoyed his character too, because it's like, you know, this is kind of like the young generation mm-hmm. representation in the movie. Um, yeah. So there was a, there was a little bit of interest there, but other than that, like we're just right back into kind of like and that's how the one, is this all piecing together? Right. Oh, none of this is making sense, which is similar to the first one. Like it's just all convenient plot lines and weird stuff. And okay, that's you know at one point in time they like they swim back anyway. But the Donatari character, the Donatari character is the one fresh joke in the movie to me because it takes what they did in the first movie and says, okay, here's what that looks like in 2006. Here's, right. that, here's yeah. who that guy is yep. in 2016, and here's what he looks I like. I hate you, man. You're awesome. I hate you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was the one fresh joke, and I think that's why, you know, or one of, you know, a few fresh yeah. jokes. Going back the to movie. the celebrity cameos, I also liked throwing in celebrities in that movie that had no business being there. In a couple examples, uh, you have Neil deGrasse Tyson 
What was he doing in that movie? I hated. I hated. That I hated cameo. that. I hated that cameo Did so much. Did you like that? I thought it was. I was like, hey, because I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. But I'm like, hey, you're there. But I also liked Benedict Cumberbatch as all. Oh, that he was that great. worked. I mean, that he worked. Was for the most he did, Oh my god. He had no business being in he, that movie. He had no he business really being funny. there, and it was so intense and awkward. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was such a Just great. Staring but, at that him with scene no was eyebrows. hilarious. It was hilarious. But here's the thing. In my mind, I want them to be clever enough for that to pay off in some way. Like for that character not to just be a cameo but to mean something to the story yeah. or and that's just not this movie i get that that's not this movie but i want you know that's the kind of movie i want where that's it you know it lays its you know groundwork a little more cleverly and actually has intention in those cameos as opposed to just dressing benedict cumberbatch up and making him you know talk funny at the, at the end of this movie you're reminded that this universe that they live in is yes part of our universe but totally ridiculous too you know like things that happen inside you know, this movie are beyond belief, totally and utterly, like just absolutely ridiculous. What, you know, whether it's how they get from point A to point B or that they suffer no injury or, you know, so it's like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world to be in where it's so similar in some ways to what we're experiencing in our culture of fashion and, Mm -hmm. you know, celebrityism and Botox, (laughs) you know, and all these things. But then on the other side of it, it's, I don't even know what you would call it, like a mix between like a spy movie, like a Austin Powers type world in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Austin Powers is very similar. It's a, it's a satire of, you know, spy yeah. movies. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's totally understandable. All right, one more thing. Uh, if you guys have one more thing you want to say about Zoolander 2 uh, before we move on, now is your chance. Speak now or forever hold your Reese's Pieces. I think that... <laughs> I, I love think... Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I think that the first Zoolander movie was so iconic and groundbreaking for the simple fact that there hadn't been a single movie like it. I don't think it needed a sequel, but if you're going to make a sequel for this movie, make it 10 years ago. Yeah, I agree. This movie has a totally different response if it's made three years after the fact instead of 15 years after the fact. Exactly. Danae, what's your one more thing? Um, I watched Justin Bieber <laughs> um, go down in this movie. You know what? And that was, that was funny too. That was, but that was purposeful. The way they played that was so purposeful. Like it was, it was wish fulfillment. The right, way it's they like our that. culture has talked about like mm-hmm. wanting this guy to not exist, right. and they bring that to fruition in, in a in really very spectacular yes. way. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say, if you decide to see this movie, you know, maybe rent it and watch it in your home environment, and it might be enjoyable. I don't know that it's theater worthy. I just want to say, can I just say, since you brought up the Biebs? Uh, and it's going to be the first time I said this. I'm on Team Beeps. I just want you to know, like, I know, like, he's not perfect. He's done silly, stupid things, as many of us have. But I, I am, I'm rooting for that guy. I've been rooting for him for a long time. Well, yeah, I think you don't, he's, he's very you don't talented. Wish harm on people. He's very musically talented, and I'm excited to see if he can keep his life where it needs to be to create pretty cool art. I think this would be a very fun date movie. Interesting. I think, I think if you have. To go and see this movie, obviously we went and saw it for critiquing purposes, but I fig- I thought, you know what, Valentine's Day, it's around that time. If you went and saw this as a date movie, you would probably have a good time. We have a theater around here, the uh, the Marquee Suite in Ozark, where you know you get to Burger ha- have a drink and you know eat food while you're watching the movie. I think this would be the perfect movie That's for true. that. That's true. That's true. 
Like just something that's more social that exactly. you can kind of enjoy with a group of people and be social. Everybody turns their brain off, you know, yeah, together. It is a brainless movie. That's that a good is my point. one more thing. That's, that goes perfectly into my one more thing, which is uh, my one more thing is stupid is as stupid does. If you go into this movie knowing it's stupid and being ready to enjoy stupid humor, I think you'll have a decent time. Yeah. Uh, if, if stupid humor does, if you don't get it or it offends you or it's too silly for you, you're going to have a rough time. It, it really is just kind of a, you know, don't you're gonna lose brain cells if you think about it too hard kind of movie uh in don't that way. think about so, it yeah i, I don't totally think about it much. get why people don't like this movie i'm yeah. not saying i no, don't no. understand i really do understand yeah why. it's, it's I an it okay movie yeah. I, I honestly i liked seeing owen wilson and every time i see owen wilson in a movie i'm glad that he's still on the planet you know point. what i'm saying because he had point. that thing happen what was it he attempted like suicide eight years yeah, ago yeah. or something suicide, yeah. yeah and so it's like oh i'm see he's here he can st-. like and even though this movie is utterly ridiculous and <laughs> potentially a huge waste of time i'm glad that he has an opportunity to be on you know to to do something like this so. i just wish he would go back to making the wes anderson movies i think yeah. maybe he will he by obviously way, looks super young yeah by the way utterly ridiculous is the tagline for uh that movie we read about in the uh in the elk Mooselander. That was utterly ridiculous. Was the tagline? That was the, oh. that was the bovine edition, right? Whoa. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mooselander. Yeah. Uh, Bringing it back around. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a question in the live chat. Let's answer it. Does uh, the movie rely on just dialogue jokes, or does the use of filmmaking to service the jokes? Does it use the filmmaking to service the jokes? I think it does a little bit of both. It's just that the jokes aren't always solid. I think that's that's the issue. I think it's all dialogue. Eighty twenty. I'd say eighty. 80- Person audio like dialogue. Can't think of like a filmmaking moment whenever like the filmmaking. It's in there a little bit. I can't think of a specific moment either. Spoilers, I could tell you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll. we'll I'm glad you remember because I'm kind of curious. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think it's eighty twenty, maybe seventy five twenty five. But it's definitely more just the dialogue, the spoken word. All right, let's thank our Patreon supporters, Danae. Patreon, you guys are awesome. You guys are great. You make it happen. You put money on the plate. You guys are awesome. <laughs> you guys are great. I can't. Don't stop now. You're really amazing. You make all of this possible. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for supporting the Shoe the Dough Network. It makes a podcast like Sif Pop possible. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae and uh, support it there. And dollar a month may not seem like a lot, but it absolutely helps us out. Three bucks a month gives you early access to the episodes, and there's lots of other fun perks as well at different levels. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. One of the perks at $3 a month is you get access to all of the episodes on Patreon before they go into the feed for yeah. the podcast. They're so that right starts at $3 a month. And then there's sweet perks, too. Sometimes we'll release news on Patreon before anywhere else. We really appreciate all your guys for your support. Uh, Absolutely. We just got a new giver Yay! in the last week. So thank you guys for continuing to spread the word about what we do. Because we do three podcasts because of your support. That's right. Sif Pop, which is what you listen to right now. We also do Shoe the Dough, which is a kind of more like a personality-driven podcast. Mm-hmm. And we also do one on music, New Music Digest. So you can find out all the information at our website if you'd like. That's AaronAndDenny.com. And right there at the top, you can click on Patreon. And it'll take you right where you need to go. And then you just write in how much money you'd like to give us every month. $1.75.902 every month. Whatever works for you. You ready for this? Listen. You're fading it out. Oh, isn't that nice? <sighs>
That is so much better than the. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. I swear, I thought he was just gonna hit it just to I spite know, you at the I very know, end, I even know. after he faded out. Uh, he could. Oh, here we go. Yep. Yeah. Ah, there it. It's not. It's not really the ending of music. The music until it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a patio show without that buzzer. Radicast, Aaron. <laughs> we are gonna have words later. It's clear you like to do that just to like dig at It's me. half podcast, half radio. It's a patio it's show. It's a All right, fine. I think he just enjoys the salt on your wounds he every does. single time you He's get sick. mad about that. He's a sick, sick individual. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go on to our next topic, which is a brand new television show on Hulu called 112263 stars James Franco as a man apparently going back in time to prevent the Kennedy assassination. Uh, or, Based on a novel by Stephen King. Yes. yes. And uh, of the three of us, I know one of us has read the novel. Andrew, I think uh, you're a fan of the novel. I am one of the biggest Stephen King fans in the world. So, in the world. <laughs> so tell me this. Uh, is it going to be difficult for you to remember like what's in the TV show and like what's in the novel? Like, Are you going to... Like, is it hard not to give away stuff that you know from the novel that's not you know blatantly shown in the TV show? I can say, ironically, since this movie is about uh, time travel and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff that's out of sequence, <laughs> like how things are being portrayed, like the sure. sequence of events from the novel to the show. Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's there. It's different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the book is more, uh, it, the book hops around more than the, than the TV show The show's does. hopping around a lot more. Oh, interesting. And like in different times and stuff. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if we're going to do a spoiler session of this. Sure. Or... Sure, we can do that as well. Okay. By the way, if you want to hear spoilers, uh, both for Zoolander 2 and for uh, 11-22-63, we do a spoiler cast that is released in the podcast feed after the Sift Pop podcast. So subscribe to Sift Pop at iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you do podcasts, and you'll have access to all the spoiler talk as well. Uh, in general, though, Danae, what do you think of 112263? Um, it's got me for another episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got me for another episode. There's a, there's a interesting, it's an interesting idea, mm -hmm. and I think that they did a good job setting the foundation for what we're going to be experiencing in this, and it was surprising. It was like a little complex in how, you know, this world exists where there's time travel and mm -hmm. why and the people who they are, why they're going back in time, how they came to understand that they can go back in time and the whole setup to that. They had to do a lot in this first episode to kind of set the stage, um, but they did a decent enough job at it. And there's just enough intrigue and, you know, Stephen King like mystery and mm -hmm. um, uh like mystical things happening, you know, yeah. there's enough mystery that they've, that they've begun to build in this first episode that I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to hook me through the whole season. Like, I wonder if it's going to be something that I'm like, I want to solve this mystery. So I'm going to be in it through the end because I want to know the answer. Yeah. Cause that's, a, that's how a good show is done is they introduce some mystery right at the top. It's going to hook you through the whole thing. And they're right. never really going to tell you until the very end, potentially, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Sure. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm. I think I liked it enough that I'm. I'm gonna potentially enjoy this. I hope it continues. I'm not sure that I like uh, James Franco. I'm not sure I like him. All right, we'll talk about him more in a little bit. I'll go next. Uh, I loved it. Did I, you? This is this is a show designed for me. I love a universe where there are rules to the science fiction, and you know because it offers structure to something that seems unstructured. Uh, I felt like in some ways as the show went on, and I don't want to give spoilers away, but there are things that happened that undid the rules a little bit for me and made it a little harder for me to, to completely buy into. 
but especially for the first half of this the first half of this pilot episode i was just in heaven i i love the idea of you know a, a time travel you know narnia wardrobe and you know mm-hmm. all these all these things and these rules about you know here's what happens here's how it resets here's how yeah, things yeah, yeah. change here's you know like i love that stuff because once you've laid r- rules then I get to be in that world in a very real way and understand what's going on. Right, because um, time travel can be really nebulous. And yeah, this yeah. does you, establish and rules. And that's what you have to do if you're doing a time travel piece in pop culture. You have to lay down the groundwork. Right. Because otherwise, people will get lost in the conundrums, in the things that can't be true, you know. Uh, if you lay the rules well enough, people can let that go and go with what you're telling them. And I think the show did that well. Yeah. Or the book did it well, and the show is you know, interpreting that. What do you think, Andrew, overall? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so good, considering the fact that they have had a very hard time as of late adapting Stephen King stuff to either the big screen or a series and making it good. It's been a very long time since they've done that. It's very refreshing to see it done right. Even after one episode, you think you can safely say that they're going to get it right? I can. I yeah. just I have that feeling that this is going to be, especially like the cliffhanger that they leave you on at the very end of this episode, which we'll not talk about, obviously. But um, I just like, you know what? I think that even though I would not have chosen James Franco to play that role, I think he's doing a well enough job as Jake Epping to go forth and I trust him to continue on and do a really good job. Okay, so you both mentioned James Franco. So let's let's start there then. I actually thought he was great in this. I, I've seen James Franco be great in other things as well. No, I'm, I'm saying um, he's really good. I just, for that character, I wouldn't see him. It's interesting because he also does this, this you know, stupid comedy stuff with Seth Rogen and those guys. And I think he has this really interesting persona because of those things, plus some things that have happened in his, you know, IRL that, you know, are, are weird and strange and... He's an interesting dude, you know, as a lot of actors are. I think he shows that acting is so much about material, you know, like his when he has good material, I think he's a good actor when he has, you know, material that I don't consider good. I don't enjoy him. And in fact, I don't think he does well. So I think it's it's really interesting. And that's not to say acting isn't a gift or a talent. Certainly, we know there are actors and actresses who are supremely gifted. But it is to say that so much of performance has to do with the words you're given, the production that happens afterwards, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's not distracting in this for me. Like, Mm-mm. it's not like he's doing a terrible job and I'm distracted. Right. It's just that a couple of times I'm like, I just think I want to see like a different male in this role. But I'm curious to see if he'll grow on me because I've not really, no no offense, Mr. Franco. <laughs> I've, I've never really like sunk into him as someone that I like really can like i don't know i don't i can't remember a character that he's played that i've been did you watch the planet of the apes movies the new ones no okay he was pretty good in those like he's he's only doing, the first one he's doing a good job like he's he's doing a great job I, you, Andrew. Yeah, I, that's can, correct. I can think of a couple of uh you know dramatic moments in this first episode because there's eight total i think right and is it there's, eight? Gonna, is it? Be, there's gonna be eight episodes and they're releasing them weekly unlike netflix because hulu's on different. monday yeah so um there's a couple of dramatic moments in in this first episode that it's not like he's distracting me from believing a moment. Um, I think he actually, you know, is is doing a, a really good job. There's just a couple, just a couple times. And the performances around him are really good too. Sam Shepard's really good. Yeah, Sam Shepard is great. Which one, Sam? He was uh, Al, the owner of the. Oh, diner. okay, okay, okay. I'd like to clarify something. So I said that I didn't expect James Franco because I wouldn't have placed him in that role. Now, as the episode went on, I totally bought it. He was Jake Epping, so 
I just want I want to agree with Aaron. That's just a credit to how good he is. Whenever he does have good material, because whenever James Franco is on point, he is on point. He yeah. knows how to act really well. Yeah. No, I, I I see that in him, and I I thought he did fine in this. I I really didn't have a lot I didn't like about this. I I, I agree few, with but... you. Like the, there's part of it too that I think maybe it's because of Stephen King's writing. I'm not sure, and maybe Andrew, you can kind of give more detail on that. But there's a really interesting thing that happens in this first episode because there's a lot of detail and there's a lot of depth. So it's like one character that you're seeing in one scene, you might immediately just have as a dismissive character because that's how most shows are. You know, you've got these extras that are at a diner or something and you don't, you don't really ever have to think of that of them again, but they're already putting people into a scene that have more structure to them later on, or they have more depth to them later on in the same episode. And so I'm really curious what they're going to to do to do like yeah. as they continue to kind of move forward because there are so many things that can go wrong with time travel and so he has this confidence going into this time travel. I'm wondering how much of that is just going to be completely, you know, poofed or, or like I, I don't know. I, I, I'm in in a really kind of cool, fun way because mysteries are fun. I love mystery. I love a good mystery, and this is this is setting that kind of well, sets totally it up agree. for it to be a really good mystery. I know I love it because I, it, one of the ways I can tell I love something sci-fi is I'm so excited to talk spoilers. Like, I'm so excited mm. to go into details about mm. some of the stuff. And also make predictions, right? Like, yeah, yeah. oh, I think I know what's going to happen or, yeah, you yeah. know, things like that. So I'm engaged. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm compelled and engaged to, to be in this world and to, to how, figure out what's going on. How do you think they're doing with it being a timepiece? Because this is obviously traveling back to 63. Totally so how do you think it. they're doing it? I, totally I think it works, yeah. I think, I think they did a great job, too. Yeah. I, I um, found myself about three quarters of the way through wondering, I wonder if they keep using the same cars and I'm just not noticing because it's not <laughs> like there's tons of, you know, 63 cars. Uh, around. You'd be surprised, especially in Hollywood. They, yeah. the amount of, uh, they're all stored in some mm-hmm. warehouse yeah, specific. Yeah. The there's actually t- huge warehouses yeah. out. How yeah. amazing is that? Yeah. The time specific material that they have at the ready for productions is incredible. Like every single year they buy a bunch of cars and just put them like in a hidden lot just so if they ever need to do a timepiece for like for That's that. Fascinating. Go, okay. Your movie's in 1984. Here are your vehicles. Whoa. Yeah. 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 I am really excited about our world right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Be- guys, we've made it. <laughs> I mean, that was super fun to like to learn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to go tour around. You yeah. know, what if, what if, like, in the future, it's on these like big moving palace. They just push a button, and just like, the, like all these cars descend, like nineteen forty. Well, it kind of is a form you know, of like time, time travel, right? Like, it is the only th- form of realistic time travel that we may ever have. <laughs> but you just think, I don't know. Like, you would think that okay, so it's two thousand and sixteen. You know, that it is. How how are we going to get a holiest cars? Somebody already thought of that. Yeah. Smart, you movie makers. So you were saying that you kind of felt like this is a Stephen King, like you kind of had that feeling. There's a reason for that. A lot of people don't know this. Because he wrote it. <laughs> no, no. It's for the simple fact, a lot of people don't know this. Every single Stephen King novel is based in the same universe. Characters oh. from other novels run into each other in different books. Like Green Mile style? I didn't style? know that. Oh yeah, it's very true. And it actually happens- Stephen King has a shared universe with his every novel? Single, it's like Marvel? Every single novel it's is- like a Marvel universe? Wow. Yeah. King universe? So this is pseudo, pseudo spoiler. It doesn't give anything away for this show. But in this, uh, where I was talking about whenever you were watching at the very end, you said, okay, uh, janitor, blah, blah, blah. I said, remember the name of that town? 
Oh yeah, because yeah. they changed the town in the from the novel to this, to where he's from Kentucky. In the book, the janitor lived in Derry, Maine. If you're a Stephen King fan out there, that's the town in It. Uh, and in oh. the, in this novel, he runs into the kids from It. Oh, that's interesting. I love that. <clears throat> But yeah. they've chosen to leave that out of the TV show. They left it out of the show. Oh, That's bummer. So that, that was my pseudo-spoilery sort of the thing. The only other thing I wanted to talk about uh, was it, being on Hulu, they have the freedom to have standards and practices however they want. Yes. And for most of this, probably the first 30 minutes, I thought, oh, they've chosen to do it kind of like a network drama. Mm-mm. And then, boom, boom, couple F-bombs. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're taking advantage of... It was an interest. I've never seen it done this way where for the most part, it felt like it could have been on ABC or CBS, except for just like a few key moments. Because like when Netflix does it or, you know, some of the pay cable companies, it's all over the place. You know, it's just a part of the characters, you know, language and lives or whatever. But here it was was interesting. I wonder if either of you had that experience while watching it. I only I don't remember any F-bombs being dropped. Uh, There were two and they were just right in a row. That's interesting. Yeah, I I do remember he said JC one time. Mm hmm. And that was because this the around whole, a nun. The, yeah, yeah that the whole scene was kind of like, oh, you're not supposed to say that in front of the nuns. That's not some okay. Of, <laughs> some of the violence is a little or say it at all, really graphic, and uh, and there is a scene of sexuality. But for the most part, I think this could have been on network TV, except for a very couple key moments. Honestly, I think if it wasn't for those f bombs, this would have been a PG thirteen film. Yeah, because the violence, like you said, there's just one that I can think of. That kind of pushed that boundary, but it's nothing you haven't seen before. Well, and you can get two F-bombs in a PG-13, so it That's could still true. be a, a PG-13 Like they did in film. Zoolander. That's <laughs> like they did in The Martian. They got uh, a bunch of F-bombs in The Martian. Yeah. So, well, they edited them. <laughs> but the BDG said that it was the only Stephen King book that they read all the way because a girl in school lent it to them. If you can read it... That's a very long book. You can read a, a whole bunch of other Stephen King books. I think that's his third longest book. So Wow. Uh, I have to say, I think I've read one Stephen King book, and I don't even remember which one it was. It was something a friend lent me when I was younger. It was and like Pet Cemetery or yeah, The was, Stand. Yeah, it was one of the, maybe probably The not, Stand. Probably not The Stand. The Stand is his longest book. It's oh, like, I don't know. But I didn't read all of it. Huge. I just read the, the first few chapters, and I was just like, man, I'm, my, I just don't think I'm a reader. My first Stephen King, <laughs> <laughs> my first Stephen King was The Green Mile, which was released in individual episodes. So they're yeah. like these real skinny, thin books, right? And then like you, you had to wait for the next one to come out. And I remember rushing to the bookstore to see if oh, they nice. had them come in. And I Very loved cool. reading that one. Very cool. So, uh, any one more things about eleven twenty two sixty three before we he- head to buried treasure here quickly? Uh, I had a couple cons and just one more pro. The pro that I had left was the ominous feeling that you get in this is very powerful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. And it's it's sort of like you were saying with the witch. It's just. It's not like overbearing, but it's with you the entire, entire time. Entire time, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You always have this feeling of like, yeah. what is going to happen? That's just great post production. Oh, that's, it's so that's good. great music. That's great, you yeah. know, scoring. It's just, it's shot selection. All that stuff is really good. And my one con is that I think I felt that they kind of rushed through the discovery of the portal. I think they're like, it's there. We got to go do this. I mean, wait, wait, whoa. Because in the, I hate being one of those people, but in the novel, they take a lot of time deciding how they're going to do this. And I think they, uh, it just felt like they rushed through that. I'm like, okay, yeah, we all know this is how it's going to happen, so let's go. I'm like, no, no. I don't think, if it was me, I would have taken a lot more time yeah, just I agree. building that part up. I agree. There's, In fact, there's something in the spoiler section. I want to talk about that. Um, that's absolutely one of my things as well. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, excited to talk spoilers about this. So um, excited to get there. But first, let's do some buried treasure for the Sif Pop podcast. Danae, what's one thing that you want to bring to the forefront that uh, people may need to check out in pop culture? I've been watching a show called Catfish. A TV show? It's, what? It's time. It's time to talk about it. I'm excited. Aaron's been wanting me to talk about this for weeks now. Well, because Catfish has been out a long time, right? It's the show on MTV about, uh, you know, when somebody catfishes somebody, which this is This is pretends- my buried treasure. Let me tell you Go what ahead. it's about. Tell me what it's about. <laughs> Apparently there was this movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Apparently there was this movie. Uh, but yeah, Aaron, Aaron's right. There's like this whole show where somebody is pretending to be somebody that they're not online and the MTV show walks you through each episode where Neve and Max, who are the two kind of uh, guides on the show, are being asked if they would help them figure out who the person on the other line, other end of the computer, really is. And I didn't think I was going to like it. Uh, my friend told me about it and started to just describe an episode to me. And then she had me watch like 15 minutes of an episode. And when I first started watching it, um, I would skip to the end. Because I can. And <laughs> then I Because I'm an adult. Because I, t- I do what I want. I'll eat chocolate cake and skip to the end. That's right. Uh, I, I told Aaron what I was doing. And he's like, chocolate my favorite part is good. the whole figuring out who they are part. Uh-huh. And so then I made myself kind of watch the figuring out who they are yeah, part. Yeah, that's the part I love. Yeah. And so it definitely grew on me as far as like watching it. But it's at this point, I've watched the fourth season. And I think I... And I've watched most... Uh, most of this, either the second or third season, I can't remember which. It's kind of repetitive at this point. You know, it's mm-hmm. very much the structured A, B, C, A, B, C. Every episode, they do the exact same thing. You know right. exactly what to expect. The only difference are these people's stories. And the intriguing part for me, uh, the reason that I may suggest it to you, is the real human element of it, where I've noticed that whoever is fallen in love with somebody online somehow, they say the same things. You know, I feel like I can be myself. I've mm-hmm. never been able to be so honest with someone. Right. You know, uh, I tell them things I've never been able to tell someone before. And it reminds me that in the world of online and in like just texting with people or chatting with people uh, and removing any of that in-person kind of element, it is a lot easier to be yourself. And I kind of hope that as a culture, we just shift more into being fearless in like in, in person. person. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's. I do want these people to experience that kind of relationship where they can have that kind of level of honesty. And so I feel bad for them in one way. And on the other side, I'm like, how did you not see that? coming? Right. Like, how did you not know that There's, they only have one picture on their Facebook talking to this person and it's one picture and they've never video chatted with you or anything like it's obvious something is going on. They just don't want to believe it, you yeah. know, and they want someone to go through that process of having their heart broken. And that's what Max and Neve do. And the other thing that I would say is when you watch it, you may notice that Max and Neve genuinely care about not only the people that are being fooled but the person on the other line who is lying and they really do try to have a moment where they help them to realize that in pretending to be somebody else they're not doing themselves any good either so there's sometimes some pretty cool kind of like stories there i find it interesting you said something about uh when you're chatting online it's easier to be yourself it's also easier to be someone else the interesting thing about online is it's both ends of the spectrum it makes it when you are anonymous quote unquote it is the easiest you'll ever have being totally transparent. And it is also the easiest you will ever have to convince somebody you're completely different than you are. Right. So it's this interesting choice that's being made here. And on one end of all these things, you have somebody choosing transparent. And on the other end, it's usually somebody choosing fake, which, you know, that's what sets up the, you know, the problem and the issue. So, yeah, I find it psychologically 
fascinating. I'd really be interested to find out the origin of the phrase catfish, like where that actually came so, from. It's in the movie. What was really interesting, I think it was at the very beginning of uh, season four that I was watching, is they had just added the definition of catfish, their definition of catfish, into the dictionary. Really? So it's like catfish, a fish. Yeah. And then catfish is um, the art of uh, hooking someone on the line to believe that you are someone oh, that you're not. Okay. So it's hooking somebody into believing that you're somebody that you're not. And, and for the purpose of leading them on. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that's, that is really well explained in maybe like season two's introductions. They've changed a little bit of the introductions to the, to the, uh, to the season, but okay. that's, that's what it means. Uh, my buried treasure, I think, is one I've mentioned before. Then you can't do it. Um, but I don't know that I've mentioned it as buried treasure. I think I've just mentioned it in passing. But it applies so directly to eleven twenty two sixty three that I want to mention it again. It's a sci-fi miniseries called The Room. Uh, stars Peter Krause, and it is so much like eleven twenty two sixty three in that it's this world with very deliberate rules about the way the science fiction works and those kind of things. It came out several years ago. If you have not seen it, it's six episodes long well worth the six episodes just to go through it they're never going to make any more it's just a nice contained little series and it's so fun and so well done and highly recommend it because a lot of people haven't heard about it every single time you say the room i can't help but think of that tommy was so movie that was yeah yeah so great or, or room that just came out this or room year with yeah, yeah. Brie Larson, yeah so what about you andrew what's your uh Buried treasure. My buried treasure is a shameless plug. Okay. So remember, I told you at the beginning that I was I had something. So this is what it is. I've been wondering this whole time. So Flick Freaks has signed with Riff TV. Oh, nice. And if you don't know what Riff TV is, you know on Flick Freaks we do reaction videos and stuff like that. We only do those to trailers. Now we are able to react to Netflix. <gasps> Anything on oh, Netflix. Cool. If it's a movie on Netflix, if it's a show on Netflix. Wow. Uh, they anything. have rights to be able to do that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So Yay! if we want to do like mystery science theater versions, like if we want to like do an entire movie. We can. Yeah, we can do it. Because of your hookup, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you guys, you wanted to start doing that. Yeah. 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 Now we can. <clears throat> Congratulations. That's, cool. That's yeah. exciting. And I think uh, I was talking to the people and I said, hey, I know people who are interested in doing this too. So, <gasps> What? <laughs> Coming said, soon to Sift Pop. Oh Coming my goodness. To... Well, see, that's the thing. Like, It was interesting when we Sift did that riff. with uh, <laughs> Sift Riff. Sift Riff. Yeah, Sift that, riff. yeah, that works well. Sift uh, Rift. Uh, when we did this with Lady in the Water with Josh. Yeah, and that's, uh, what it, that's uh, the first thing I thought of. We, you you know, we put the, the uh, track, the audio track up on YouTube, and it's gotten a lot of hits, but people don't watch very long because it's just our audio, and they don't realize they have to sync up their own video. Yeah. So to be able to have the video in just a little Millions bit of the audio of in the background. all drop off in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, no, that changes, you know, it's able to change everything. That's really exciting, man. Yeah. Congrats on that. Really happy when that Rounds of applause. Woo-hoo! Yay! That's awesome. That's, that is awesome. Very, very awesome. All right. So that brings us to the end of another Sif Pop. Thank you to uh, Andrew. Thanks for being with us again today. I always have a brilliant time. When oh, I'm so much how fun. How can people connect with you? You can find us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Vine, Patreon, and Riff. All of those at forward slash Flick Freaks. Nicely done, sir. <laughs> yes. Oh, I guess YouTube. I, the one thing that oh, I'm most known for and I didn't fail. say. Ruined it. Fail. Ruined it. Sif Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. Find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. 
Find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com. Huge thanks to today's guru again, Andrew. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Support starts at a buck a month and comes with some fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that Too you, bad. you'd like to see on the network, sorry, let us know. All feedback uh, is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go view Mooselander 2. Yes. Utterly disappointing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.